Hey, come on in. Welcome. Sit back and relax. You're listening to our May news for the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Giskowitz, CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. And our May news this month is all about the T3 conference. T3 conference was held May 2nd to 4th outside of Dallas, Texas, a city that I love to visit, even though I hate their football team. But I love the people there and especially the barbecue. And I was happy to go to T3 and get some barbecue. In fact, right after I landed, I threw my luggage into an Uber and went right to the barbecue, my favorite barbecue place, and had a feast before the conference. So it was a good, already a good, uh, good trip even before I got there. The T3 conference wasn't held the past two years, so great that we're back. Uh, I think they broke all attendance records with almost 1,000 attendees over the four days between the advisor and enterprise events. Uh, the last one I attended was T3 advisor in February of 2020 back in San Diego. And for those of you who were there, you saw me running the podcast booth. I spent pretty much all of my time there interviewing people for uh, podcasts. This year, I did not do the podcast booth. I was uh, just being able to move around and, and see things and talk to people and do a lot of tweeting. But there are three other podcasts recording on site. So I started a trend and you should check them out. You can get them all online uh, on iTunes or you can find them on the T3 website and hear some of the people I interviewed, lots of good stuff from what I could overhear. So this particular podcast episode, I'm titling my top 10 takeaways from the T3 2022 conference. So I'm gonna go in order uh, through a bunch of these uh, items that I pulled out. I've also pulled out some articles of other people's summaries. I'm gonna hit a couple of items from my friends who have written some interesting stuff from their summaries and what, what they like. So you're going to get a wide variety uh, of data, uh, of uh, feedback from the conference, like almost like you were there in case you missed it. Okay, starting things off, I wrote an article already on my blog, which you can check out, uh, wealthtechtoday.com, and it was called Four Questions Advisors Should Ask About Digital Client Experience. It was a summary of well, the keynote session from Rich Cancro, CEO and founder of Advisor Engine. And you can read that article and hear all about it. I'm not going to restate it, but just pulling out two pieces of data from a consumer study that from, uh, Franklin Templeton and Advisor Engine ran uh, recently. So the first piece of data is only 30 to 40% of RIAs are working on their own digital experience, uh, technology experience, even though most of them believe it's core to their competitive advantage. So kind of upside down where most RIAs say, hey, we need a digital experience, but only 30 or 40% even have one or even working on one. Another piece of data that uh, Michael Keats has called out in a tweet from their consumer study found 45% of consumers have eliminated an advisor from consideration based solely on their digital presence or lack thereof before ever reaching out. And this includes consumers who are referred by their friends and family. They still would eliminate an advisor purely based on their digital presence. That says a lot, and it should show that advisors need to focus on their digital presence um, and their marketing, their website and social media, um, because it's an important part of how uh, consumers choose them. All right, so moving on from Advisor Engine, number two of my top 10 takeaways, InvestNet Money Guide. Uh, my friend Kevin Hughes was on stage providing a lot of information, a lot of updates from Investment Money Guide. Really like a lot of the stuff they're doing, especially how they're positioning Tamrac, Money Guide, uh, their internal CRM, and their trading and planning tools. 
Um, they've got a great graphic. You can you know, check out my Twitter feed. Uh, you can also check out, um, I did a moment, a Twitter moment you can find if you go to my um, Twitter uh, page. It's called T3 Conference, hashtag T3 2022. And you can see all of my tweets um, and you can see some of the uh, screenshots I posted from the Investment Money Guide presentation as well as every other presentation that I saw. So one, one of the things I liked about uh, Kevin Hughes's presentation is that they are unifying the user experiences and UI across their applications. This has been a long time coming. We've been waiting for this for a while, ever since Investing even bought Tamarack um, and Yodely and Money Guide and a, a bunch of other things that they were to unify the look and feel, at least the front end. Uh, they're also doing the back end, from what I understand. So that'll be great seeing all that together. But the front end being unified, I think will help their the advisor and client experiences. They also talked about their client portal, which is one of the most popular portals, the Tamarack portal, one of the most popular client portals in the industry. And as not unexpected, they saw a huge increase in client portal activity during the pandemic. Just one number or one of numbers, 40% increase in new clients granted portal access and 120% increase in new aggregated accounts. Uh, Michael Keats did chime in talking about client. Uh, he mentioned clients engage with portals when it matters for them. When everything is going fine, they don't log in. So talking about things weren't fine during the pandemic, so they were logging into the portals. It remains to be seen if that, how much that percentage uh, increase in usage sticks after the pandemic is over. Another thing Kevin Hughes talked about was Money Guide expanding their product offerings. They're uh, taking the, the core Money Guide financial planning, adding in MyBlocks, which is their digital uh, planning engagement tools, direct-to-consumer engagement tools. It really looks like a Netflix screen if you've ever seen it. When you're scrolling through, it looks like you're scrolling through Netflix and picking uh, different little widgets that um, you can then learn about long-term care or other financial planning concepts. Uh, very cool, uh, I think. And they're integrating that into their platform and as well as Wealth, what they're calling Wealth Studios, which was um, the platform they bought from Edmund Walters, which is the higher end estate planning, cash flow planning uh, tool that they're plugging in for ultra high net worth and estate planning. So that really gives them the full end-to-end -end platform so they can compete again more effectively against Naviplan and eMoney. So lots of discussion from Kevin about how Blocks is filling in their planning tools for younger clients, things like annuities. I'm um, oh, sorry, for, so MoneyGuide Pro also has a strong annuity planning that they're integrating with the investment insurance exchange. So from one system, you can do a plan, see a gap in the client's uh, income and retirement, recommend an annuity, and then buy the annuity all from the same screen. Uh, will be great when it comes out, if it works the way they've shown. Uh, could be a game changer. Uh, the final thing they're doing is a developer portal coming in a few weeks from Money Guy Pro. Uh, we're really into integrations, APIs here at Ezra Group. Uh, we're working on a lot of uh, great tools that are going to be coming out. Uh, going to tease that. So look for that announcement next month from Ezra Group, uh, talking about how we're, we're helping uh, RIAs, broker-dealers, other firms evaluate the ability of uh, platforms to integrate with each other. And here, MoneyGate Pro is announcing their developer portal, which we're very happy about, that unifies all their API infrastructure across all investment products. Another thing that I've been seeing in our industry is a trend toward financial wellness. So moving away from 
pure investment management approach that most of our platforms, broker-dealer platforms, RIA platforms have taken towards more of a, of a holistic outlook and facilitating advisors being able to do that with the tools and the data that they need. So two of the firms that are doing that at the conference were Investnet, what they're calling their Intelligent Financial Life Ecosystem, and Orion, where their terminology is Protect, Live, Dream. And Orion had on stage their CEO, Eric Clark, and um, Dr. Daniel Crosby, who came along with the Brinker Capital Acquisition. And he had some really interesting things to say. But uh, one funny thing that uh, Joel Bruckenstein, the founder and producer of the T3 conference, mentioned on stage where he said, because of Eric Clark and Orion Advisors' acquisitions, he said, we would have had another six booths at T3, but Eric Clark keeps buying all our vendors which is true. They've been doing a lot of acquisitions. FTJ Fund Choice, Advisor, Brinker Capital, Hidden Levers, and now Redtail Technology, which is the most recent acquisition. So they would have all had separate booths, but now they're all the Orion booth. But that's the way it goes. That's We've been seeing this, this uh, consolidation for many years across the industry, and it's not going to stop. So some of the, the interesting things that Dr. Daniel Crosby said on stage, there's never been a harder time to be an investor Due to technology platforms, which I think he was pointing a finger at Robinhood, these technology platforms that take advantage of the worst tendencies of human behavior. I can't agree more. Uh, these algorithms are like TikTok algorithms or Instagram algorithms that uh, addict you to um, you know, the day trading, uh, which is what Robinhood does. Not the best way for long-term investing at all. Uh, it doesn't help. And we've seen a lot of problems uh, with a lot of people losing a lot of money and what they thought would be uh, an easy way to make money. But now that the market's downturning, you're seeing that that is not the case. And then I've known this for, we've all known this for many years. I remember decades ago, I worked for one of the largest uh, providers of stock market data and stock market platforms and uh, trading platforms, you know, back in the 90s. And we would supply a number of day trading outlets that would just set up technology. And this is back before you could do this online and, and for, you know, very cheaply. You had to go to an office like a WeWork but we work for day trading and you had to pay a couple hundred bucks a day to get access to all the technology, trading, market data, research news that you would need. And, the, you know, it's like selling picks and shovels to people looking for a gold rush. It was it was the, the picks and shovel providers that were making all the money. The day traders were not. So you've seen the same thing now just on apps. Some other interesting behavioral finance, behavioral economics uh, concepts that Daniel Crosby was sharing. When you show people a picture of their children before they make decisions to how much they save, they wind up electing to save twice as much. So it's just sort of a mental image. Uh, uh, it's, 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 not, um, it's not the rocket science. It's showing them and reminding them of their, 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 uh, their family, reminding them of their future obligations, makes them save twice as much. So that was interesting. Another, um, I thought was a fascinating uh, behavioral science um, idea was if advisors provide named portfolios, meaning if you call a portfolio, this is your retirement bucket, or this is your college bucket, or this is your trip around the world bucket, investors' stability increases. So the likelihood that they bail out on their savings plan or their investing plan for that goal is reduced tremendously. If you just name the portfolio and, and show the, the client that it's got a name, um, that's what uh, Daniel Crosby's research has found. And finally, 91% uh, of clients, based on their surveys, 
That's a lot. 91% of clients want an advisor who gets them. I'm putting that in quotes, air quotes, that gets them. Uh, 71% want someone who shares their values. And 70% of clients want an advisor who they can meet with socially. So these are, are, are this is data that advisors should take to heart and think about when they are doing their marketing, when they're doing their pitching, when they're doing uh, webinars online, how they're reaching out to clients, all, all good data. I would advise you to go to uh, orionadvisor.com. Uh, they've got some more information uh, from Daniel Crosby and some of his webinars that you can view online. Number five in my top 10 takeaways from the T3 conference is YieldX. YieldX is a company in my top 10 list for most innovative vendors at the T3 conference this year. So uh, way back in 2007, I was um, doing some consulting work for a software company that had some cool products for trading and valuing fixed income securities and fixed income portfolios. And I learned firsthand how difficult it is to manage fixed income portfolios and liquidity sources and trading. There's so much work, there's so much manual effort that still goes into it, uh, that went into it back then. And YieldX has built what I think is the holy grail of fixed income modeling, trading optimization for wealth management. They have a bunch of tools. You can check them out at yieldx.app.app. It's not .com, it's yieldx.app. One of the tools they have in their software suite is a portfolio optimizer. And what this can do is run through tens of thousands of portfolios in a batch overnight, and then feed the advisors advice on how to improve, and this is only for fixed income, fixed income portfolios, how to deliver the same portfolio, whether the same amount of risk um, and the same quality of the portfolio, yet higher return. I think that's a, a it could be a game changer in the fixed income world for a lot of advisors and can help add value for their clients because they're basically getting the exact same portfolio with a slightly higher return. YieldX also has a tool that can do something that we've been looking for for 20 years. So in the managed account world, one of the things that's very, very difficult to do, or it's impossible, is to build a model of bonds. You just can't do it. You can model stocks, you can't model bonds. The reason is there's just too many bonds. There's thousands and thousands of bonds. You know, Any one company could have 10 or 20 or 30 or more bonds out at one time. Which one do you pick and why? So you can't just say, oh, give me a bond of Microsoft or give me a bond of Apple. Uh, which one do you want? Which duration, which maturity, which, which yield? But the, there's something called characteristic-based fixed income models, which a number of vendors have tried to build, but haven't quite gotten it right. And what that does is you say, I want a model that has a maturity of X, duration of Y, a yield of Z, and a, a quality level of A, whatever, the, whatever that particular quality is. Now go find me bonds that meet those requirements that have enough liquidity to, to buy them and, up, uh, and get them at a good price. No one's able to do that except until now with YieldX. YieldX now can do that. You can put that those parameters in, they will go out and find the bonds and actually execute them and purchase them for your portfolio and update it dynamically. So as things change, if something changes with the bonds or the underlying um, credit rating of the issuer, it will drop them out, bring in new ones for you. So I think that could be another game changer in the managed account world. It's sort of, um, they also have something that's more of a direct indexing for bonds, where you can um, build a portfolio of bonds that match a specific index, but eliminate or, or filter out 
certain companies that maybe you don't want. So maybe you don't want any military companies um, or any companies that provide alcohol or, or whatever you particularly don't care for in your portfolio. And they'll build a portfolio with the same risk, the same return, the same quality, minus those particular issuers. So that's sort of a direct indexing uh, process for bonds. Another great thing about YieldX is they're completely API enabled. So all the services are available through their public API. I believe they have over 300 APIs available on their site. And they, what we call, they eat their own dog food, meaning they didn't build their system, their software one way, and then decided, well, we need some APIs for our partners and clients to use, built out a separate system of APIs that don't really interact as the same way they work internally. They built their system using their own APIs. So you know they work, you know they've been tested, and, and you know you're going to get exactly what you expect. So please check out YieldX at YieldX, Y-I-E-L-D-X dot A-P-P. I'd like to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. The Invest in Others Foundation is running the Invest in Others Awards, which is a program that recognizes the charitable work of financial advisors in communities across the country and around the world. Awards are presented at their signature event, the annual Invest in Others Awards Gala. Over 600 advisors and financial services executives attend this premier event to celebrate those individuals that actively give back to their communities. I've gone to, I think, the last three award galas. They had to cancel it for COVID, and then they canceled it again last year, uh, 2021. Uh, it was normally in September, October timeframe, but hopefully we'll have it again this year. So there are five categories of awards that recognize, uh, recognize the distinct ways that advisors have made a difference through their work with a nonprofit. So the nominations deadline is April 1st. That's less than a month. Just go to investinothers.org and you can click on the nominate, uh, click here to nominate link and nominate an advisor. Um, if they win in one of the five categories, which are Catalyst Award, Community Service Award, Volunteer of the Year Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, and Emerging Impact Award, they can win, let's say, finalists in all categories receive $25,000 for their charity. The winners in the Catalyst, Community Service, Next Gen, and Volunteer of the Year categories receive $50,000. The advisor who uh, receives the Lifetime Achievement Award receives $75,000. That's a lot of money for a charity, can really help. I've uh, been lucky enough to be on the, the nominated committee, the, no, the awards committee, the judging committee for a bunch of these different awards. It's really hard. These advisors do some great work, both local communities in the US, in South America, in Central America, in Africa, in Asia, across the world, uh, and right here at home all kinds of great uh, stories, great charities that help people of all uh, ages, shapes, and sizes. You should uh, uh, nominate someone and also donate. Your company will probably match your donation, which provides twice the benefit. Please go to investinothers.org. Thanks. Next up is number six in the top 10 is CASE, C-A-I-S. And this is uh, an alternative investments platform. And we're seeing a lot of uh, growth in these areas. They're the two of the biggest providers in the RIA wealth management space uh, of alternative investments is CASE, which is spelled C-A-I-S, and iCapital. 
this uh, this has been driven by years of a low interest rate environment. And also now with the stock market volatility and stock market declines, more advisors who are serving high net worth and ultra high net worth, high net worth investors are looking at alternative investments. But you need a platform that can support it, that's easy to use, uh, that helps advisors pick and choose the right alternative investments for their clients. Ryan Lord, who's a head of business development for Case, had a, a, a good comment talking about how most RIA platforms were not designed to support privately traded securities. They're designed to support publicly traded securities or maybe a small percentage of the portfolio in private. Whereas some high net worth clients that they deal with might have 60 or 70% of their portfolios in private securities, which is almost impossible for your normal RIA platforms to support. Hence, Case and iCapital coming in to support that. So platforms like Case are similar to what early TAMPs used to do for separately managed accounts. You know, a long time ago, 20 years ago, when you know, Jim Seifert and Lynn Reinhardt started Lockwood Advisors, it was very difficult to buy separately managed accounts, SMAs. You had to go to each money manager separately, uh, sign a contract with them, open up accounts with each one separately if you wanted a fixed income manager, whether you wanted a large cap manager, mid cap manager, small cap manager, international manager, you needed four separate contracts uh, and you had to manage all the money separately, each account, each client account separately. Whereas what TAMPS could do would be to aggregate that money to also lower the minimums. Since an SMA manager didn't have to manage all the money himself or, or handle all the detail of all the clients themselves, the TAMP was, was supporting it they could offer lower minimums through the TAMP. Well, Case is doing something similar. With alternative investments, there could be all products with minimums of five or $10 million, and which is difficult for many clients to reach, but Case aggregates the data, makes it easier for the alternative managers to support way more clients than they normally could, which means they can drive down the minimum investments, which benefits advisors and their clients. Case is also a data provider and sends data to reporting tools like Adapar. But it's still a challenge to decide on the best sources, um, uh, which came from one of their REA clients who specializes in private wealth, who was on stage talking about their experience using the Case platform. So as I mentioned, uh, Case and iCapital are two of the biggest providers in the REA space, and they've been working hard to build out more straight through processing with custodians like Pershing. I believe, I think a year or two ago, there was an announcement that um, Pershing was working with both Case and iCapital to streamline account opening, whereas in the past you had to open up accounts twice. You had to open up an account at the custodian, Pershing, and you had to open up a separate account at the alternative provider. Whereas now you open it up once and the data just flows between them. So that's making it much easier to open and manage these alternative accounts. So please check them out, C-A-I-S Case. And now let's talk about two more companies that were at the T3 conference. One of them is a, a veteran of the conference and one of them is a rookie. So the veteran is Intergen Data. Intergen Data predicts life events. They have over a hundred life events they, they predict, uh, both positive and negative events, positive events like marriage, children, and negative events like diseases and other uh, things which you don't wanna hear about, but you need to know. They do this using AI and machine learning, crunching terabytes of government demographic data on 
all these issues, all these diseases and all these positive life events. And then if you're whatever company you are, if you're an insurance company or you're doing financial planning, you provide the data to Intergen Data uh, on your particular client, and they can come back and tell you based on the, uh, let's see, the, the gender, age, race, and zip code of the client. Once they have that information, they can provide, um, you know, based on all the demographic data they've, they've crunched, they can provide these average percentage probabilities of these things happening. So they could say, well, based on your demographics, you, this particular client might have a 35% chance of suffering a stroke by the time they're 65, just based on those four anonymous pieces of data they were given. This is even more interesting when you're looking at larger populations. For example, an insurance company might be insuring all the employees of a large company. You know, if a, a company has a thousand or 10,000 employees, they often go to one insurance company, hey, give us a deal on life insurance for all of our employees. Well, looking across that population, uh, they could say, well, this population has is a, at risk for stroke or diabetes or heart attacks, just based on their age, race, gender, and zip codes. Well, that's really helpful for insurance companies, also helpful for financial planning. You know, in, in financial planning, we really only focus on income and expenses. It's There's no way to, to say, well, here's other diseases or other negative events that you may be at risk for, you should plan for that. You need more insurance, you need more savings uh, and such. So that's Intergen Data. You can check them out at intergendata.com. Another company is the Rookie Soft Lab 360. First time at T3. They are the brains or rather the um, technology behind Intergen Data. They built the AI machine learning and the predictive analytics that power Intergen Data's software. And uh, SoftLab360 has predictive analytics as a service. So you can sign up for them and you can just provide the business rules, the business questions that you want answered and then provide the data and they will do all the work. They'll do all the, all the uh, data cleansing, data analysis, data analytics. They have a whole data team and a, and a programmatic team that can build out all the things you need on the back end. You don't have to worry. You just answer the questions and that can then deliver on what you need for your company. So please check them out at softlab360.com. Moving on to number nine of our top 10 is Fidelity Labs. This is a subsidiary or department in Fidelity Investments that incubates startups. They fund them, they provide them information, data, services, support to help grow different uh, technologies. Now they've got a wealth management group, uh, some wealth companies in the wealth management space. And uh, Trisha Haskins uh, is the driving force behind this technology incubator. And she was on stage talking about empowering the art of the possible. And she talked about two companies. Uh, one was called Safer, which is spelled S-A-I-F-R, which uncovers potential risks in client communication. So. It uses natural language processing and monitors all of your client communications, better for enterprise firms that have lots of advisors sending out lots of client communications and looks for risks, looks for exposure to regulatory issues or other compliance problems. So that's interesting technology. Uh, the other one I really want to talk about in a little more depth is called Catchlight. I saw a demo of this product and the Catchlight people, um, I had uh, Wilbur Swan, who's the CEO, on my podcast, so you can check it out. Uh, go look to uh, list of podcast episodes, and you'll find 
uh, find it. Catch Light is the name of the company. Very cool product. It is a, a about analyzing and optimizing the advisor's prospect pipeline. So how does it normally work? Advisor fills up their pipeline through various air, through various means, whatever they happen to do, then they've got to prioritize. So they have a hundred prospective clients in the pipeline. Who do they call first and why? That takes a lot of effort, a lot of research uh, and some evaluation, some sort of gut feeling of who you want to call first and what order. And Catchlight takes all the guesswork out of that using, you guessed it, AI machine learning. And it ranks the prospects in order of the most likely to convert. Now, they're still in the early stages. I think they've got, they've, they have run like, I think 10,000 uh, of the clients through the system. So they've got a decent amount of data to start with, but the more that you use the product, the smarter it gets. So it's really a learning platform. So as an advisor uses the platform more, it learns which types of clients are most likely to convert based on that advisor's pitch or that advisor's value proposition and starts to organize the prospects in different orders. And this saves a lot of time. It uses, of course, publicly available data, but in uh, putting through a machine learning algorithm and a a knowledge tree uh, to, um, uh, or knowledge graph rather, to better understand how um, to, to, uh, to categorize these prospective clients based on complexity of their financial lives. So they plan to offer their product as a SaaS, a software as a service that can plug into, for example, your CRM platform, which makes more sense uh, since you've been, you'd be in the CRM looking at your prospect anyway, and they're going to have something called the Catchlight score that will let you know um, you can rank them that way to know which clients to call first. And um, hopefully in the future, they'll give you some more feedback as to why that score came out that way. And some of the things you might want to suggest, some products you might want to suggest to those clients or some ways to speak to those clients that would help you to convert. So please check out Catchlight. I'm going to start speeding things up here because we're running a little long. I've got so many more notes to go over. Next up is Salesforce, who was at the conference. And I'm just going to pull out two tweets that I posted from their demo. And uh, one of them is, I never really liked the Salesforce UI UX very much. It's always been kind of clunky. However, with their marketing cloud tool customized for financial advisors, I thought was much better and looks very powerful as they've integrated it into the overall advisor experience. So uh, you should check out the marketing cloud. I like their, their different panels, how it shows activity. They've got some next best actions recommended. Now, they don't say exactly how they came up with these. You know, how much can I borrow? Uh, home buyers checklist, do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts, understanding interest rates or some of the things that they are recommending on this particular demo. Uh, they've got a list of life events, when you're gonna buy a new car, uh, when you're going to when someone's going to graduate from college, so it's an interesting dashboard um, in their marketing cloud for the advisor experience. And then uh, Salesforce acquired the data visualization company called Tableau, and they've integrated it into their wealth management platform, which they're calling Wealth Insights. Um, and it's got some inter- an interesting dashboard uh, showing some BI metrics. Uh, about your firm, some peer review information or across your across your your uh, practice, numbers of clients, uh, 
um, and other, in terms of you know uh, other things that you can you can use to ma to manage your business better uh, using the Tableau um, uh, evaluation, the Tableau um, visualization of the data. So opportunities, client health, things like that. So it looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, so go check out Salesforce. In the beginning of this podcast, I said I was going to uh, pull out some uh, of, uh, read some articles, uh, pull out some of the, the um, highlights that other people have uh, no, uh, wrote about uh, from the T3 conference. And the first one is from Nathan Stevenson, CEO of Forward Lane. He was talking about what was uh, uh, Nisha Hathi from uh, Charles Schwab was on stage talking about digital digitalization is happening fast. She was talking about what's going on with advisors from a macro perspective, and she called it digital acceleration. And we're seeing things happening faster and faster. I think a quote I've used many times is the change, digital change will never be as slow as it is today. It's always going to be speeding up uh, at a faster pace. Schwab does an annual client survey of customers. They found some, some, some statistics I'm going to share here. 71% uh, of clients feel that technology helps them achieve their financial goals. 65% of clients say that technology provides them peace of mind. That's an important one. So if you're an advisor, you need to realize your technology can provide them peace of mind or not. So you need to consider that when you're selecting technology that is it's client facing. 16% of Schwab retail clients say they're investing in digital assets, in other words, cryptocurrency today. That's not as many as I've seen across the entire spectrum, but Schwab being the largest uh, RIA custodian, 16% is a large number. Now, something to keep in mind for advisors who don't offer cryptocurrency or don't even understand it or don't know how to manage it as a held away asset, something you should look into. You might want to check out Rick Edelman's Digital Asset Council. Finally, the last statistic I have here from Nishahati, 63% of investors believe their portfolios will be entirely managed by software in just 10 years. Speaking to some RIAs at another conference who love Schwab's technology, just continuing on Schwab, uh, especially their new self-directed onboarding software that's part of their institutional intelligent portfolios. Some larger RIAs are, use, are leveraging Schwab's, uh, Schwab's tech as part of a solution for small accounts. Just want to throw that out there. I left, made that as a note to myself to share that with you. So take a look at Schwab's institutional intelligent portfolios. Another thing that Nathan Stevenson had in his article on the T3 conference was data as the differentiator. So I already mentioned um, uh, Trisha Hashkins uh, providing some uh, powerful and passionate presentations on digital empowerment. One of the stats she mentioned was from Gartner that 70% of advisors have never onboarded an account digitally. So I wanna double check that. It seems kind of high, but if it's true, it's, uh, it's kind of shocking that so many advisors really have never even looked at a digital onboarding tool. Uh, another part of data being the differentiator came from Randy Cass, the CEO of Nest Wealth. Nest Wealth is the, one of the largest, if not the largest provider of new account opening technology in Canada. And they're expanding their business in uh, the US and expanding their footprint. 
he had some great points about new account opening. And he said, here are the biggest problems in financial services onboarding from Randy Cass, CEO of Nest Wealth. Number one, making digital look like analog. And this is the word for this is skeuomorphism. If you remember a long time ago, back in the 90s or earlier, we had our computers that is on the screen looked like your desk. So there was a picture of a roller desk, a picture of a phone, a picture of a filing cabinet. You clicked on the filing cabinet to open your files. You clicked on the roller desk, the roller deck um, to um, roller desk to uh, open your contacts. So that's skeuomorphism. You're making online processes mirror offline objects. So we're still doing that in new account opening uh, when it comes to a form, like making a screen look like the form. You're showing a, a virtual form on the screen rather than pulling the data out that you need and presenting that in different fashions. Don't, can, don't get stuck in the analog world. Number two from Randy Cass, biggest problems in financial services onboarding, losing sight of the data. The most important part of NAO is the data. Don't miss an opportunity to operationalize and improve how your firm interacts with clients. Number three, don't try and become the advisor's desktop. Just integrate and complement it instead. Whether it's whether they're using the CRM or financial planning or portfolio management, don't try and replace it and force advisors to learn another interface. So you can check out um, Randy uh, Cass and Nest, oh, sorry, Randy Cast and, and Nest Wealth at nestwealth.com. Another vendor that was at T3 for the first time was Econic. That's spelled E-C-O-N-I-Q. A startup whose goal is to revolutionize how virtual meetings are planned, conducted, and tracked with their visual communications platform. So this software is designed around key workflows used by financial advisors to prepare, execute, and follow up on client meetings. What I liked about the Econic platform is how they built it around a Zoom-like virtual meeting technology that provides a more robust client experience. And I kept walking by their booth, which was right outside the, um, the main exhibit hall and catching glimpses of their demo. So th I think their UX is head and shoulders above Zoom. Well, it has the ability to make um, the, the, the faces of people on the, the, on the uh, call appear on both sides of the screen. They're circular, so it's a little bit, a little bit a little cooler looking than a Zoom call would look. Also, in the middle of the display is a color-coded meeting framework. Now, this meeting framework uh, can be pulled from different templates. So depending on what kinds of meetings you're having, the framework would change. There'd be different topics listed, and you can work your way through them, different questions that you might ask, and different answers that, the, um, that you might expect from the client. So all of these different templates are set up in the system. It makes it really easy for a client to, for an advisor to walk their clients through any kind of meeting step-by-step, step, and the client can see what's happening in the meeting as it's unfolding. Everything's color-coded depending on the type of action being taken, so it's easy to track as you, as you move forward uh, through the process. And the Econic application, which is called the Conversation Hub, which I, I really like because it's really focused on how do you build a conversation? How do you um, encourage a conversation to move forward? And that's tough for some advisors. They don't always know how to do that. And they may be a little clunky about it. So 
the, the Econic application helps them do that, uh, keeps the conversation flowing with the color coding and the preset templates uh, for different types of meetings. Now, the data that is gathered when you're uh, running through the Econic uh, platform is automatically pushed to the CRM and no task switching is required. This staying inside of one application can be a real value add if, of the Econic platform for advisors who you know, trust in the system and see the full value of it and really invest in the full process of how Econic is working. There's no more test switching back and forth between different applications, uh, whether it's a note-taking app or other types of tools. Uh, all of your meetings can be handled in the Econic uh, product. So you should check them out at econic, econic.com. The next T3 recap I'm gonna pull something from is uh, from Tim Merrill, who works for the company called, uh, company called Digital Agent. And you can find this recap on LinkedIn. Just look for Tim Merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L, -L, at uh, Digital Agent. Well, he was talking about uh, CRM being a major topic at T3, which it always is, especially when firms like Salesforce and Redtail uh, and uh, Advisor Engine CRM, formerly Juncture, are all there talking about the new features and technologies coming out. And um, you know, the advisor's digital presence uh, through, their CRM, through their CRM continues to grow. And we've seen CRM become more integrated, more highly connected, more data being moved back and forth from different applications into the CRM. Uh, and some really interesting data intersections that Tim was mentioning with some metrics pulled from his company, Digital Agent, around client pers the, the prospective clients' websites. So an advisor's client prospective clients' websites are being pulled in through this digital agent technology. Uh, and email marketing can then inform the advisor and prep them for the in-person meeting inside the CRM. So that's, that's pretty cool technology. So you should take a look at that at uh, a digital agent if you're interested in some of those tools. Next, we have uh, from Investment News, my friend Ryan Neal, seven FinTech announcements from the conference you may have missed. So um, he has some re really good, uh, good list of announcements. I, I covered a lot of them on, in my uh, Twitter feed, so I'm just gonna uh, read them off from uh, Ryan's article. One of them he had here is from SmartX. SmartX CEO, Evan Rappaport told uh, ST3 that his company had closed a $30 million round of funding from Morningstar Investment Management. Big news. We're big fans of SmartX and everything they're doing in the TAMP space. And Morningstar also announced that they're replacing their um, TAMP backend, the infrastructure technology, with SmartX and building up a direct indexing product, which should be coming out, I think, um, in September, if I'm not mistaken. And Rappaport also said, the TAMP architecture is broken. Uh, so he's, he's big on his technology being better. So you should probably check that out and see if, he's, uh, if it's true or not. Um, they're also introducing, they announced some roadmap items at SmartX. They're introducing manager traded sleeves, client directed trading, support for cryptocurrency and hedge funds. Uh, and one tweet I posted that I thought was kind of funny from what uh, Evan said, talking about TAMPs, how they handle model trading versus strategy trading. And he called it a Franken model, uh, resulting in massive dispersion if uh, for TAMPs that don't offer real-time trading like SmartX does. 
So that's something you should be concerned about when you are selecting a TAMP. Next up from Ryan Neal's article of announcements is FP Alpha, which is planning, we actually FP Alpha um, on the Keatsis Advisotech map, which I work with Michael on, we have them listed under advisor support. So their software FP Alpha uh, announced um, a new product called the Estate Snapshot. So their software will, will scan wills and trusts. So the documents, wills documents, trusts documents, and then summarize and visualize the key elements of a client's estate plan. Um, I posted uh, some screenshots um, that you can take a look at uh, on my Twitter feed and my Twitter moment from T3. And these digital tools uh, like the estate snapshot, I think is bad news for dedicated estate planners because they're gonna lose some business, uh, but good news for financial advisors who want more control and lower costs without sacrificing quality. Again, for very basic estates and wills, I guess not for the most advanced ones. So they'll still require an estate planner. But uh, for the basic estate and will requirements, you can use FP Alpha's new tool. Now, I, I know Andrew uh, Altfest, the CEO of FP Alpha, and I happen to ask him, are, where are you going with this? Are you planning on adding functionality such as data validation? So reviewing the uh trust in the state documents and looking for discrepancies between the different documents, making sure they all match as an example. He said he wasn't planning on doing that. And the reason I asked him was that would put him into competition with Steve Lockshin's company, Vanilla, which is big on generating all these uh, estate plans and estate documents and validating all the data is correct. So he said he's not doing it. So no competition there at the moment. So check out uh, FP Alpha at fpalpha.com. Moving on to Snappy Kraken. They made an announcement at the T3 conference of that they were acquiring advisor websites. So advisor websites um, is a big deal in terms of building out websites for advisors. They have got a huge market share. They've built out um, websites for hundreds and hundreds of RIAs. So it's a great uh, complement to what Snappy Kraken does which has uh, these prepackaged campaigns, marketing campaigns in their technology that combines social media and blog posts and, and newsletters, email, all in one, makes one easy to use uh, campaign that just pushes it right out, handles everything for you. So also offering the ability to build out advisor websites seems like the, the next piece of the puzzle for Snappy Kraken to really control uh, a large part of advisors marketing. And finally, reaching the end of, our, of my T3 review and at the end of the announcements listed uh, in Ryan Neal's Investment News article is Adapar. Adapar, uh, one of the, the biggest firms, uh, the biggest tech vendors in our space, especially around uh, reporting and alternative investments. They launched a new integration center, although they didn't make the announcement at T3, but they did announce it around the same time. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, when we talked about um, Money Guy Pro's integration center, we love these. We think there needs to be more transparency around integrations and APIs with vendors. There's too many vendors that don't provide enough details on their publicly facing websites about integrations. It's too hard to find the data. So the more that firms are, are announcing these and, and building these integration centers and, and such, we think it's good for the industry. And just to throw out that Adapar acquired 
portfolio rebalancing tool advisor peak last october which we saw as a big move for them into the mainstream ria space and to become more of an ria platform and less of um, a specific alternative data provider and uh, performance reporting vendor so that's big news for them you can check them out at adapar.com and that's it you reached the end of our may news roundup with the t3 uh, special please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management, goodness, news, analysis, uh, data, links. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you all again next time. <music>